Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and the man who puts the fun in financial planning, Al McDonald. Al, how's your day going? My day is going all right, but for people who are listening, they'll they'll understand when we're recording because it's mid-April and, and we just had a mini snowstorm last night, which is kind of crazy. So really looking forward to some warm weather so I can get it on my bike because I have not been able to do that yet this year. So. You definitely were not going to be on your bike last night. We got thankfully it's all it's all melting and the weekend is looking a lot better. So uh, I think you're going to be out there sooner than later. I sure hope so. It's looking good. Yes, exactly. Well, Al and I are super excited today. Today's guest is Swish Goswami, who is the CEO at Surf. He is a three times TEDx speaker and a LinkedIn top voice. And we got to send out a special thanks to our friend Gassan Halazan, the CEO over at Emerge for the intro, because he's provided a few very good intros in, in the past and, and Swish is no exception. Swish, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, guys. And yes, Al, the snowstorm <laughs> that occurred yesterday was a shock to my eyes. But I, I was reminded over stories that apparently in the last two years, we've had a snowstorm in May in Toronto. So I'm hoping that this just means that this is the only <laughs> snow that we're going to see for hopefully the next four or five months. And we're not going to see anything in May either. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we got it out of the way. So let's hope there's nothing in May. Well, I think a good place to start is, you know, surf. Besides being a really cool name, you know, surf, what is it? What do you guys do? Definitely. We, in a nutshell, we provide brands zero party data. And I think a lot of your listeners might not have heard that term. It's a fairly new term. It was coined by Nielsen last year. And what zero party data essentially means is consumers voluntarily sharing their data for value back. So traditionally, if you were giving your data to Amazon or Facebook or Google, you were doing it without getting anything back in return, except for maybe better ads and a more quote unquote personalized experience, whatever that means. So we felt why not provide direct value back to users for their data? We put out a browser extension about four months ago. You can download the extension on any major web browser and you can finally get points for your everyday browsing that you can then use for items and gift cards and rewards from, from some very cool brands. So that's what, really what we're doing at, the, at kind of the nutshell is we're providing brands this opt-in user permission data while also compensating people for the data that hopefully they should have been compensated for back in the day. So that's a really interesting approach that you just talked about. And I want to, I want to dive into, um, because we, we talked earlier, Swish, uh, previous to this, we talked a little bit about your background and, and the company, but we also talked about, for people who don't have the privilege of, uh, of some video here, you're a very, very young entrepreneur. And we talked about that earlier and some of the challenges that you had. And we discussed that you had an epiphany while you were at college and that you wanted to start pursuing you know, some of the things that you just talked about in terms of business. 
But that was a, a real tough decision for you to come to and a, and a bit of a tough journey with your parents and talking to them about, uh, you know, what you, you thought was going to be your future. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I found it really interesting before when, when we were talking about that. Definitely. No, I think two things there. I mean, one, when I was thinking about, okay, do I want to start a business? Do I not? And keep in mind, you know, I'd started a few things in high school and in college, none of which did very well, but still, you know, it satisfied my entrepreneurial urges at that time. It got me very excited about issues around me, got me very interested in figuring out what more potentially I could do to help and contribute to society. And so when I kind of came down to like, okay, do I really want to pursue surf? One of the things I really thought about is, do I feel like I could manage a full course load while working on surf full time? And the answer to me was no. But to my you know, parents who both immigrated to Canada, who come from you know, an incredibly like academic background, you know, my mom has two master's degrees, my dad has two master's degrees, my brother was in law school at the time, dropping out of undergrad was probably not the best thing to pitch to that type of family. But it was nice because my brother you know, came to bat for me, told my parents, why don't you give him a year? You know, if within that year, this idea doesn't take off, you can just go back to school. There's always that backup option. You can always just go back to school. And so my parents said, okay, go for it. And so they even supported me in terms of like emotionally, I think, but just in terms of like resources, I really had to go and fend for myself for a little bit. And so that really meant like really, you know, figuring out where I wanted to live, figuring out how I wanted to budget things. Also, you know, going and figuring out how to make the business work because that was my source of income. And that sort of pressure that I think I had in that first year to make things work really, really catapulted me into figuring out, okay, what model are we going to go forward with? Who am I going to work with that I know I could work with the rest of my life? And how am I really going to make this work for my life in terms of being able to sustain myself? And so, yeah, tossed myself into the deep end. Thankfully, it worked out. I know there's obviously a ton of stories where it doesn't work out. But for me, if it hadn't worked out, I would have just gone back to school. And, you know, I did have that privilege and that luxury to be able to do that. So how are they feeling about it now? <laughs> They're really good. You know, mom in particular, I think deep down, she does want me to finish school at one point. And I'm not against college. Like, I think a lot of people think that because I dropped out, I might be against college. I think college is fantastic. I met some of my best friends through college. I think college is an unbelievable social experience. I think just again, right, like for certain career paths, like building a business, I don't necessarily think you need to go to college. And I think that's where the buck kind of stops with, with me. So I made that decision. I wanted to kind of follow my own sword in case things didn't work out. I wanted to really only blame myself and no one else. And that's the type of way that I live even now. But at the same time, I'm very open to going back to school down the road. I heard that in Canada, apparently the government pays for your education past the age of 55. So it might be something I look to down the road. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should look into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going back to school. Al touched on it being a young entrepreneur. And I mean, I've always felt I started this official business that we're in now at age 35. And I had some entrepreneurial ventures that, that didn't really work out really well when I was younger. But that journey, that entrepreneurial journey is a tough one. And I've had my moments where I go back and think, would I do this all over again if I kind of knew what I'd be in for? And, and sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is yes. But can you maybe mm -hmm. talk to us about some of the challenges and maybe there's even some advantages in your mind about being that young entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely, in my opinion, the advantages outweigh the cons. I feel like, you know, when you're a young entrepreneur, especially in today's world, it kind of feels like you're entitled to a startup if you're like 18 to 24 year old, because just, you know, all the major case studies of college dropouts or all the major case studies of people coming out of school and starting a business are kind of in our favor. I actually told my mom this. I think it's harder on people who are older than 50, 55, 60 
to kind of get that credibility to start a business in the sense of it isn't as kind of normalized to see people that late in their career, quote unquote, to start a business. So I, I think they absolutely should. And obviously there are a number of really cool case studies. I think the founder of KFC was like in his mid fifties when he started KFC, which is pretty neat. So there's a bunch of cool case studies there as well. I just don't think the media latches that onto him as opposed to like that 18 year old or 20 year old dropout. It does a lot better in the media. And so I feel like those are the stories we tend to hear about a lot more. But in terms of you know the disadvantages, the two that come to mind, I think is number one, it is such a culture shift. You know, you've gone through 12, 13, 14 years of schooling in a controlled environment where any question you had, you can at least ask it to someone and they'll give you the answer. In entrepreneurship, like, you know, there are a lot of days where you might not even come up with an answer by the end of the week, let alone the end of the day, right? It's a constant iteration, constant process of figuring things out, putting a puzzle together that you don't even sometimes know what you're building towards. And so for me, kind of getting out of that controlled environment was a little bit challenging initially. And that also becomes even more, I guess, put to a higher magnitude when you have to consider that you're also employing other people. At the moment where, you know, 5, 10, 15, 30 people's lives are now attached to your idea and really to your decisions, it does kind of come with a sense of pressure. Good pressure, I think, in my opinion, but definitely can turn bad if you have kind of that mentality and if you make it go that way. But at the same time, you know, that sort of pressure at a younger age, you know, where in my opinion, I'm maybe not the most emotionally mature. I've become a lot more emotionally mature over the last few years, but definitely not as emotionally mature as people that are older. I think that's obviously a learning curve that, that you have to get through. You said something interesting that, that Al and I relate to as well, because we've, we've grown the company. We've, we've recently added more people <laughs> to the company and you do feel that responsibility. But you also said, you know, you, you don't always have the answer and you might not get the answer mm-hmm. right away. Because I know I've, I've experienced this. Do you ever experience that imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. All the time. Even now, we're at uh, close to 40 people full time now. And I always think, hmm, like, what if there was another CEO for sure? Would the company grow faster? Would we figure things out that we haven't figured out yet? Would the people working at Surf enjoy their time better if it was someone else than me? And those are like natural thoughts that, by the way, also, in my opinion, aren't the worst to have because it means that you'll just work twice as hard to be like, shut up <laughs> to your head. But at the same time, it, it definitely does come up once in a while, especially when things go wrong. At the same time, though, I think one of the things that I constantly come back to, which maybe calms my imposter syndrome down, is what sort of unique advantage I bring, what sort of unique advantage I have. And the two things that I've constantly told people is, I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room, but I know that I am definitely one of the hardest working. And so I know that I can lead by my work ethic. I can you know, lead a team by showing them not how to burn out, how to obviously work within balance, which is something I've candidly also had to learn on my own over the last few years, but definitely how to really like once you come up with something, go all the way with it and move as quickly as you can. And the second thing is how to go about working with other people. Right. And so one of the things I enjoy now getting to you know bigger team size is I join a lot of team calls where I don't even talk anymore. And I love that. You know, I come on, you know, people say hi, I say hi, someone else is leading the meeting, someone else is taking notes, people are conversing. And just being able to sit back and look at the discussion that's happening is incredible. Because I remember back in the day, two, three years ago, it was a smaller team, obviously, but I was mainly the one putting ideas out, mainly the one guiding the discussion mainly the one coming up with the key takeaways and then ending the call. So there's something humbling as well, just about being able to know that one of my unique advantages is working with people. And the reason that's true is because we have all these great people that do feel 
a sense of collaboration among each other. That's some really good feedback there. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, although you did actually talk about it previously uh, in one of your, your responses. You talked about, you know, looking to the future and, and, and building something for the future. So there's a saying, uh, I'm not sure where it came from, but it says, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit about maybe what you're doing? What proverbial trees are you planting for the future that you may never enjoy? Yeah, I think well, twofold is, I would imagine the standard for privacy will, will be something we talk about for the next 20, 30, 50 years, especially as we become more digitally immersed and data becomes, again, something that companies are able to grab quite easily. I'm hoping that the work we're doing here at Surf will lead to a new standard for privacy, i.e. not only should you ask for consumer opt-in to get someone's data, you should value their data directly and give them something back in exchange. So I think that's number one. I think number two, you know, something that I'm very passionate about, it's through an investment that I made in a company called A Share is Student Debt. I, again, like I mentioned, I had the privilege, the luxury of being able to grow up in a family where my entire college education was paid for by my family. I obviously understand that a lot of my friends, a lot of people at universities come into college with, uh, you know, the need to take student loans out and they graduate with a ton of debt. And that obviously limits their career choices as well. In case they wanted to be an entrepreneur, they're not able to because they had to go to law school or med school because they wanted to work in a stable, secure job, quote unquote, to be able to pay that debt off. And so for me, student debt is a massive issue that I want to solve. Right now, obviously, I'm doing it through an investment in a company that's trying to tackle that on directly through income share agreements. But I think down the road, it might be very cool to even pioneer something in that space, whether it's something around the education side, educating people about loans, or whether it's even something around being able to provide cheaper and more affordable loans. Though student loans, I agree, aren't the worst loans to take out, but there has to be something that's at least a little bit better and at least a little bit more transparent in terms of what you're getting yourself into. That's a great response. And I'm a big believer in education and, and helping people, you know, especially at that young age, kind of getting a little bit of a leg up. So, so kudos okay. to you for, for looking at that, because I think that would definitely be something that would pay dividends in the end for a lot of people. I'm impressed with how readily you were available to answer that question, Swish, because with a podcast, sometimes you'll have a conversation with a guest and say, hey, here's what we're thinking of talking about. Mm -hmm. And you made a point of when we first met to say, hey, I don't want to hear any of the questions in advance. I just, you know, I, I work better just, just off the cuff. So I think everyone should realize that is very impressive that you had an answer to how you're going to provide that shade for down the road. So I'm, I was very impressed with that. This has been such an enjoyable experience. We met you for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. And again, thanks to Cassand for the, for the introduction. It just goes to prove really good people, no other really good people. Um, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm so glad, and I know I speak for Al, I'm, I'm so glad we're in each other's networks and we'll continue to chat. I'm really excited to follow your journey. So anything else to add before uh, we wrap it up? Yeah, no, I think if you are interested in Surf and being a consumer of the platform, feel free to check it out, jointsurf.com. And then, yeah, beyond that, you know, Gassan is a golden person, an absolute golden really person. Is. He is actually one of the people I always point to to say, you know, here's why your network is your net worth. You know, when I talk to college students and I tell them prioritize networking, the types of people that you meet really dictate a lot of the opportunities you'll get. I talk about him because I hadn't even met him for the longest time. And despite that, he'd set up a ton of intros for me, whether it was to podcasts or whether it was to reward partners for surf or potential investors. He's just that type of person that had the golden heart. And there are a lot of those, in my opinion, in Canada. So if you are a student, feel free to you know, take this as a grain of salt. But 
your network will probably determine most of your life going ahead in terms of your opportunities. And so really focus on who do you have around you? And more importantly, who are you connecting with on a weekly basis? Great advice. And part of the reason why, and we said this before we started, you know, hit record for today. Part of the reason why we do the podcast is just to surround ourselves with really interesting, good-hearted people, exactly as you said. So, well, let's wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us today. And and thank you for sharing your journey. What's the best way for people to reach out if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at SURF? Uh, LinkedIn would probably be the best. So just swish to Swami, S-W-I-S-H. I'm hopefully the only swish in your network. And then in terms of Instagram or Twitter, just at GoSwish, G-O-S-W-I-S-H. Feel free to reach out. I love being able to hear from people, especially people who've listened to podcasts. Would love to be able to you know, hear from you and, and answer any questions that you might have. All right. That's great. That does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one. One.